the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. The certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon, with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, it's worth about $100. And uh, if you don't want it, you can uh, give it away to somebody else. So it's a nice little gift, right? Okay, today's trivia theme is general trivia. Nam, you've got some, uh, you got an interesting article for us. Yeah, there's an article that came out this week. Uh, I don't remember what publication it is. I printed it out, but didn't have the heading here. But it says, were it a country, the Bay Area's economy would be larger than Saudi Arabia's, getting rich from its residents' mines rather than minerals pumped from the ground, according to a new report. And it said the Bay Area's annual growth rate of 4.3% over the past three years was nearly double that of the U.S. as a whole. Um, as a con- if we were a country, the Bay Area, not California, uh, we would be behind only 18 other countries in terms of total GDP. Yeah, because California is what, like the ninth or fourth seventh, or fifth? Fourth now? Wow. Yeah. That's so, amazing. We're, they're richer than Saudi Arabia, especially with barrel uh, oil. Well, uh, $73 a barrel. <laughs> yeah, well... You know, the, and it's not just tech too. There's a diversity of of industries here, uh, which in the article it says the diversity of the Bay Area economy should hopefully lead to more resilience in the next downturn. And just wait, if we had offshore drilling in California, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just teasing people. Says so tech jobs boomed since the end of the recession, growing 45 percent um, to more than 750,000 workers in 2017. Overall unemployment or employment, excuse me, in the region by, grew by 26 percent. The other thing, though, and this is interesting because uh, it leads into another article. It says the per, G, uh, per capita GDP of the nine-county Bay Area is nearly 80,000, ranked first among U.S. Uh, major metro regions. Mm-hmm. But in another article, it says the Bay Area is so expensive, earning 117400 a year qualifies you as low-income in some and counties. Well, and welfare. Right. <laughs> so in spite of the booming economy, yeah. it's still very hard to be able to afford. And yet another article talks about how millennials uh, in home ownership for those 25 to 34 years old was just seven, uh, 37%, around eight percentage points lower than the two previous generations at the same age. Yeah. So there's a number of different... Overall, the, the economy is great. Yeah. Um, but affordability for housing is still is still tough here. So it's still a tight market for housing. You know, the, they're not building enough, and uh, so we see scenarios all the time where 
people aren't quite there in terms of qualifying for a conventional loan yeah. or or they're competing against uh, all cash buyers and they have a home to sell so we're busier than ever on the private lending side at Pacific private lending yeah because yeah. of a lot of these influences because they've also talked about <clears throat> you know oh everybody's fleeing the state because of, of that. But that's not really the case either, is it? No. No. In fact, you know, part of the reason why millennials can't afford is they're moving to the the, the, the densely populated areas, the essentially major metros, which are many of the areas experiencing the greatest amount of home price appreciation. San Francisco. That's yeah. Where, so yeah, by moving here, it's very attractive for a lot of different reasons or a lot of major metros, LA included. It's harder to afford this. These markets, so that's part of the reason why in this article it states that millennials aren't buying at the same rate as as previous generations. It's just they're not living in the suburbs; they're choosing, in general, to move in high density areas. I mean, there was a time, uh, you know, ten years ago when the Great Recession happened, where a lot of people were gun shy about buying. Mm-hmm. You know, once it became two thousand nine, ten, eleven, they just said, you know what, I. I who wants to own a home? Look what's going on. Prices are going down. Right. So I don't know how many of those people like decided to change their mind and they jump back into the market. Yeah, probably. Sure. Probably. And we'll touch on uh, some of these articles again uh, later. I think there's more good nuggets of information for people. Okay. Very good. I want to make a quick mention here for the Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa, which is a desert oasis for a family getaway in the Coachella Valley. It's the perfect place to recharge and relax poolside in the sandy beach area or send the kids off for a day of camp at Camp Oasis. The world-class resort Features well-appointed guest rooms, five restaurants, and a rejuvenating spa. Plus, you can book your summer family getaway today, and your kids eat free. Check them out at reniandianwells.com for details, or call 760-773-4444. Okay, so uh, moving on here to our first trivia question. We're talking general trivia here. Which Flintstones character was absent from the Flintstone vitamins until 1996? (laughs) That's kind of a weird question. Uh, Call 888-912-1190 to answer this question. And you'll win the the first caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate. Which Flintstones character was absent from the Flintstone vitamins until 1996? So something must have happened in 1996 where that... That character, character protested. Protested, yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, wait a minute. I want a Flintstone vitamin named after me. What I want to know is who's the one who actually tracked that? Did they go every year and they go, still not on the bottle? I don't know. Yeah, still yeah, not on the bottle. Exactly, yeah. Or or why wasn't this character on to yeah. begin with? I don't know the answer to that, but we'll find out. All right, don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190, or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here, along with Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. Our first trivia question was, which Flintstone character was absent from the Flintstone vitamins until 1996? Barney Rubble? No, his wife, Betty Rubble. I Hmm. have no idea why... There's some backstory we'll There's have to backstory. investigate. <laughs> exactly. I'll well, get on it. <laughs> want to make a quick mention here also for the Transcendence Theater. I don't know if you've ever uh, gone to any of their performances, but they're pretty fantastic. They have this Broadway Under the Stars in Jack London State Park. You ever been there? In Glen Ellen? Not. 
It mm-hmm. is awesome. It's you, you sit in these, these grounds, and then uh, they have a theater. It's an outdoor theater. Yeah. And during the summertime, they do these uh, plays. I went to the Mountain Play for the first time. Oh, this okay. Year. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, it's along those lines. Okay. Um, and they, I mean, these guys are really good. They're they're be- actually better than Broadway. I got to say, they're better than Broadway. Check them out. Go to bestnightever.org and look at the schedule. You, you got to go to at least one of them. Okay. Uh, continue on with the article that you have. Oh, yeah. So this article about the uh, Bay Area economy, one of the uh, people mentioned is Chris Thornburg. He's an economist that we follow a lot. He's a really, really uh, sharp guy. He's a uh, founder of um, research firm Beacon Economics. And he said, you'll have continued growth in the Bay Area. I don't see any reason for it to slow down. Tech can Tech continues to thrive, but uh, tech grows at the expense of older parts of the economy. So across California, less expensive regions like the Inland Empire and San Joaquin Valley are seeing greater population growth. Part of that is that um, he was saying that uh, every time a new Google worker moves in, an old economy worker moves out. So... Which means that huh. you know high tech, high paying jobs are displacing some of the old economy jobs uh, where people use an abacus. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> abacus industry is is on its last legs <laughs> right now. Um, but they're moving out it's either out of beat. state yes. or okay. uh, in other uh, counties like San Joaquin Valley or okay. or the Inland Empire. So people are moving. There's there is migration out of the Bay Area, but it's not necessarily out of California. It could be other counties in in California that are less expensive. Or more affordable. So are but, those areas growing? You yeah. Because Stockton, I know, was, was actually kind of growing. Yeah. So he says here, less expensive regions like the Inland Empire, Sacramento area, San Joaquin, are seeing greater population growth. Which so, theoretically would mean those prices are going up. Yeah. but And then last year, Riverside County alone added 36,000 people, the third highest of any U.S. county. Um, a lot of people. Yeah. So the people leaving the Bay Area and the state altogether were concentrated in lower paying sectors like sales, transportation, and food prep, which meant they would be less affected by the state's higher tax rates. So it's it's really interesting. I mean, California, the bottom line is Bay Area is continues to be a hugely vibrant marketplace. So I wonder what happens with the lower-paying jobs, you know, be it McDonald's, let's say, as an example. Where do those people live then? Kind of the out, probably the fringe areas or, or maybe yeah. they're, you know, larger more more people in one household. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. could be it. But you know what's interesting is I mean, using McDonald's as an example. You ever drive up to the drive-through? Oftentimes, the person greeting you is a recording now, and then afterwards, <laughs> it's the actual person taking your order. So I mean, that's so. You know, the, things like that um, are. You know, there's some uh, automation going on there. Well, I'm just waiting for Amazon to send a drone to drop off my McDonald's ham- Big Mac. <laughs> That's probably not too far off. Not too far off. Tell you what, let's. Uh, I got an email here that, mm-hmm. that came in, and uh, this is you know primarily for uh, I guess anybody at Pacific Private Money, so you can answer this question: Is when does it make sense to uh, do a loan, a second mortgage, if ever, like? Does it ever make sense to, to make a second mortgage? You know, we do seconds. So we okay. do lend on seconds. And some of the common scenarios that come our way, I mean, they don't represent all of them, but some of the ones that we see are, you know, somebody um, could refinance. Obviously, somebody could refinance their first if they have a lot of equity. Okay. And, they, you know, let's say they have $100,000 first on a million-dollar property. Well, somebody could say, well, I'll just refi and do 200000 but if they have a really low interest rate on that first, yeah. it won't make sense, uh, economic sense. If if you know they're they get two hundred thousand, but now their rate went from you know four percent to five and a half, 
or something like that. Maybe it's and maybe they they only need fifty thousand. Um, that's when it could make a, uh, a second could make sense. Is when their first is such a great rate that refinancing it to get more money out of the house just doesn't make sense. Gotcha. Uh, I, I know an example that I, I was personally involved with a few years ago where um, the property was. Uh, Supposedly worth three fifteen, and when we checked it out, it was correct. It really was about worth three hundred fifteen thousand. And this person wanted a second mortgage of seventy nine thousand. And you go, okay, well that's okay, but what's the first? Well, the first was only nineteen thousand, right? And so the but it was at like you know two and a half percent, and it was fixed um, for you know another twenty five years or something, and, and they didn't want to disturb it, so. Yes. Uh, they were willing to pay a higher interest rate on the second because the combined with the first and the second it still made gave them a decent rate. Right. But now, you know, the, uh, some people, when they hear, oh, no, second, no, never invest in a second mortgage. Well, wait a minute. You got a property that's worth 315000 and the first is only 19000 and they're only needing seventy nine. I mean, that's less than 30% loan to value. Right. And if anything goes wrong, all you have to do is pay off the first, and then now you've got your, your second becomes one big first. So, right. you know, what you don't want is to do, you know, a $100,000 second behind an $800,000 first, and the property's worth a million. Right. Then it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And somebody, you know, just because somebody has a low interest rate first doesn't mean, and they come to us for a second, doesn't mean we'll do it for that exact reason. Yeah. If I have a, huge first and I'm coming and I need a small second uh, well we may not as a company we may not do that that loan just because the first we don't want to be behind a big first exactly so so you mean you don't just anybody walks in just wants a mortgage you don't just don't give it to them right of course you look like a nice guy sure we'll give you a mortgage (laughs) Um, actually you guys say no a lot don't you we do we do say no typically nine out of ten times um Another reason why somebody may want a second is just because of speed, too. I mean, they may, whether or not, regardless of what yeah. the rate is on their first, let's say that they want to do some repairs on their home before they put it on the market. Okay. And, you know, it's, maybe it's not a huge amount, um, but they just want to get it done, and working with a bank might take too long. So, okay. in that case, people come to us for speed, and they know they're going to exit out of our, uh, our loan as soon as they sell. Yep. Either refinance or just pay it off completely, um, but really for them it's just the hassle. They don't want to deal with going through a bank for you know forty five to sixty day process. And if the numbers make sense, potentially you might even make a third mortgage. Yeah. So in some cases, um, it makes sense to make a third. And um, again, sort of the same overall analysis we do. You yeah, know, how you big is the first? Yeah, how big first, is the second? Exactly, yeah. Uh, if, are the first and the second um, you know, from the, the same, same lender? Yeah, with the same exactly. lender. So there's a lot of circumstances, and, and sometimes people, every story we do, every or every scenario that we end up funding, whether it's a first, a second, commercial, business purpose, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, because I, I want you to tell the audience uh, about your track record. Yeah. Okay, so here's our second trivia question. What was the name of Henry Ford's only son? Call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. What was the name of Henry Ford's only son? All right? And when we come back, Nam Phan uh, from Pacific Private Money is going to get into the uh, track record of Pacific Private Money. You're going to want to listen to this because it's very impressive. All right? Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. 
Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. I'm Edward Brown, and he is Nam Fon. Hit him, that guy over there on the other side of the microphone. Me. You. All right. Um, so tell us, Nam, who, uh, what was the name of Henry Ford's only son? Henry. No. Think, think of an old, an old Ford. Oh, um, Jeez, I tell okay. Ford Edsel. 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 Oh. That was his name, Edsel. That's a not a trick question, but one. Okay, interesting. Okay, <laughs> uh, all right. And on to bigger and better things. So we told the audience, uh, we teased them a little bit about uh, saying how good your track record is. Uh, that we give that information when you get when we got back. Yeah. So our track record, going back to 2008, uh, since which is when we um, launched. We've funded over, I think at this point, over 1,400 plus loans, yep. really close to half a billion in, in loan volume, zero losses. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, you know, as lenders, you have people who don't pay on time or who pay late, or sometimes, uh, worst case scenarios, you have to notice, uh, file a notice of default or take the property back and go through a foreclosure process. We've done, we, we've gone through all of those. So, you know, we've had some loans that go south in, in terms of the borrowers not paying and having to take the property back. Bottom line, though, is there's a lot that happens between when somebody doesn't pay and when we have to liquidate the property, sell okay. it. Um, that doesn't always uh, that doesn't necessarily result in a loss oftentimes it actually results in a profit um yeah. because if you're underwriting correctly and if you're initially when you're making a loan if you have you know a certain minimum loan to value that you stick to so for us it's 70% loan to value mm-hmm. there's some equity there Hopefully, there's some equity there, and there is. There has been. So we've been fortunate that, uh, you know, in spite of any late borrowers or properties that we've had to foreclose and take back, the bottom line is out of the 1,400-plus loans and close to half a billion dollars, we've never had any loss of principal for okay. our investors. And so. there are times when you don't have to take a property back, but you file a notice of default, and then three months later, before the actual foreclosure, the borrower comes up with the money. Oh, yeah. And then they also pay late fees. Right. And there's countless times that, that happens. Those yeah. are great. Ultimately, we want to work with the borrowers. We're sure. not the type of lenders who, and we've gotten a great reputation for this, I'd like to, to say and pat ourselves on the back, but um, we work with the borrowers. We just don't go straight to filing notice. We Not loan to own. We're not loan to own. Yeah, yeah that's a ter- industry term. Industry term. Well, here's the other thing, too, is a lot of people, you know, they may say, ah, well, you know, 2008, uh, you know. Uh, you weren't through the hard times. But actually, if you're making loans in 2008, 9, and 10, the market was still going down. Right. So, right. so it's pretty impressive that you didn't have any losses. Now, the fund hasn't been around since 2008. It's only been around since 2013. Correct. What has happened since that, you know, since it started? Since the fund started? Yeah. Um, in terms of just the returns, yeah. just, the types you know, of loans Again, no losses. Yeah, no losses. Um, I think we've had... Uh, lent on 300 some odd properties, loans, uh, of which currently we have about 95, 96 loans in the portfolio. Okay, because they, they turn over pretty quickly. Yeah, a lot of our loans are short term, not all of them. Uh, we have some loans that are in there 24, 36 months, okay. but we also do a lot of bridge loans, so the overall mix is pretty healthy in terms of the turnover rate. Yeah, because you're not enough. you're not like a regular bank making thirty year loans. On I mean that's not your that's not your model, right? Our model is and is 
typically high revolution of capital. Okay. And what's, what kind of yield can the investors or have they been seeing? They've been seeing 75 to 8% since okay. inception. It's been very, very steady since 2013, since we launched okay. on and, the fund and, side. And usually the maximum loan to value is about 70%. Mm-hmm. But the weighted might, average yeah. for the fund itself is about 55%. Okay. So. And then... Uh, Every once in a while, you might go above 70 if it's a property that seems like in your backyard or something. Yeah. Okay. Again, we evaluate each uh, loan scenario on its merits okay. own. Uh, what about geography? Where do you lend? We lend throughout California. So, okay. And we, some out of state. Some out of state. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what out of state loans do you have? Uh, we have a few in Minnesota, I think mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, it, but it's through a, another firm that provides the capital to the borrowers and their hypothecated notes. Okay. So it's it's not necessarily some guy from Pennsylvania calls you up and says, hey, will you lend on my house? Right. It's a California We're lending company. to a lender. Yeah, lending to a lender <clears throat> who's who borrowing against his portfolio, against yep. their portfolio. Yeah. Okay. And it represents a small uh, percentage of our total loan volume uh, and uh, total units. Number okay. of loans too, and are you only lending on residential homes? Nope, some uh, commercial. Okay, um, yeah, so not just residential. And sometimes people, we we don't want to give people that impression that we just lend on residential. There's there's a lot of scenarios that we see that are ultimately they're residential. Okay, um, and in the in the Bay Area, a lot of them are residential, but uh, there's always a mix of some commercial in there as well. And then, can you give a little explanation about, you know, uh, be- people think that it's business purpose versus consumer and owner-occupied? Yeah. So, a common question, or maybe not as common as uh, as we often uh, get, um, but people sometimes think business purpose versus a business loan, mm-hmm. uh, or consumer or owner occupied versus non-owner occupied. Okay. So a business purpose just essentially means that it's it's a loan that they're needing for a property that they're not living in as their primary residence. Okay. It could mean that they're using it for their business, but that business could also be fixing and flipping properties. So everything we do is is the underlying asset or collateral is real estate. Okay. Um, now whether they use that Money, so like our deal of the week is somebody who's using five hundred thousand for their business. Um, they were going to get an inheritance, but they owned their home free and clear, so they used the equity from their home uh, until the inheritance the comes comes in, in. right? Okay. But it's business purpose. It's not a business loan per se, because business loan could be unsecured. Okay, yeah, like an SBA or back, loan, or, yeah, or backed by a com- um, uh, piece of equipment, right? Yeah, right. Okay, because you only do real estate loans, exactly. So okay. that's a point of clarification that uh, we should probably bring up every once in a while. Okay, and the same thing. Uh, what kind of commercial loans do you have? Commercial, uh, I don't know the actual properties or portfolio, but we've made some uh, commercial loans on um, like storage. Okay, um, units. And um, where there was, and in that case too, I think there was residential real estate okay. uh, in in a cross collateralized situation. Okay. So, and then um, if I understand correctly, there is like one loan in there that's a gas station. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a gas station uh, in there. Uh, don't have the the um, details of it. But okay. probably something we can cover up in a, in a, or cover in a future okay. uh, radio show. But it has paid, though. I mean, they're, yeah, they're it's not been consistent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, every scenario, you know, we evaluate on its own merits. Okay. So, all right. Uh, last trivia question we have here is: How many teaspoons are in a tablespoon? 
And I'll give you a hint. Somewhere between zero and 20. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Call 888-912-1190 to answer this question. I have to give you one easy one, right? <laughs> How many teaspoons are in a tablespoon? All right? And that's our trivia question. Uh, call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. And don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Here is our last trivia question How many teaspoons are in a tablespoon? Criminy, my wife's going to kill me. Is it two? <laughs> and the survey Four. says, eh. It's three. Three. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? What? That is crazy. I know. I always thought it was t- two, t- t- two teaspoons in a tablespoon. Who's the maniac that came up with that? I don't know. Someone in, I, I know. Why would it be three? That's kind of weird. Okay. Um, so, Num, do you want to... Deal of the week. Yeah, give us a deal of the week. So, I was touching on the deal of the week earlier. So, a borrower comes to us, uh, Los Gatos. They were going to get an inheritance. Um, had a home that's free and clear, $3.8 million. Wow. Yeah. Uh, needed 500000 for their business. Not sure what their business was. But uh, so we look at it. You're, you've got a home free and clear. You want to borrow 500 against essentially close to $4 million, And you're going to get an inheritance. That's, that's the kind of deal that, that we would do. And why didn't they go to the bank? I think this was a speed issue. Speed. Yeah. Okay. So again, speed issue. Um, and... Gosh, I hope the banks continue to to take as long as they take because, (laughs) you know, these are, you know, if we were back in the old days, banker down the street where, you know, you know, everyone knows you and you come up with a story like this, most bankers 50 years ago would said, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I wonder how fast, what's the fastest a bank can really move though, because, you know, you have to get an appraisal. Right. I mean, for them, for the right. bank, they have to get an appraisal. Yeah, I don't know how fast they can move, but uh, apparently they needed this this loan pretty quickly. I mean, we were able to fund it and close it. It was 13% loan to value. That's a pretty conservative deal. Right. Los Gatos, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's and, not out in the boonies. It's not out in the boonies. Yeah. So, it's a great uh, opportunity. I like it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to go back to uh, some of the articles. Wait, I before think this, we do, though, hold yeah. on. Pe- people are listening and going, this sounds sounds pretty good. And right now the fund is paying around right. 7.5%. How do, if they're interested in investing in the fund, how do they get a hold of you? Yes. The question of the week. No. They can call <laughs> us. 415-883-2150. That's uh, the number to our office. And you can ask for me, Nam Fawn, or you can go onto our website, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. Uh, we don't have any events coming up, uh, certainly not July and August. It's uh, uh, People are taking vacation. Okay. So we'll, yeah. we'll do our next event in September uh, to be determined where. Where we promised everyone we would be out in the South Bay and the Peninsula, but uh, not sure yet. More more details to come. But okay. if you're interested in investing, just give us a call four one five eight eight three twenty one fifty, or you can fill out a form on our website at www.pacificprivatemoney.com, and uh, happy to talk to you and, and give you more information about our fund. Okay. Um, oh yeah. So so going back to some of these articles, um, back to millennials. It's yes. always interesting. Um, some other factors that show why the rate of home ownership is declining is they're delaying marriage. So a study calculates that the marriage rate in 2015 was the same as it was in 1990, 
millennial homeownership rate would have been five percentage points higher. So aren't some people, you know, they're living together and buying a home? Even Probably, if they're not getting married? Yeah, even if they're not getting married, but in general, they're not um, settling down. Uh, they're waiting longer to settle down. And um, and a lot of them just are choosing to rent. Um, so, you know, for the realtors or mortgage brokers out there, or some of you who are parents of millennials, I don't know. Is that good news? Your, your kids are going to be in your basement for a little bit longer. <laughs> well, some of it is uh, the settling down part, but a lot of it, you've got to think there's got to be they don't have the down payment. Yeah, that's part of it, too. Oh, yeah. So another factor is higher student debt than yeah. previous generations. So there's a lot of uh, factors influencing it. I mean, the baby boomer, excuse me, the millennial generation is one of the biggest after baby boomers, yeah. or maybe it's even larger at this point. But so in aggregate, the gross number of people buying is, is high, but the percent, on a percentage basis versus other generations, it's a smaller number because of higher student debt moving into and preferring uh, more densely populated in, in indirectly more expensive metro areas and they're just waiting longer to settle down partially because people are living longer these days too yeah but also they want the experience you know right right they're into less material possessions and more into the experience of things i wonder where that came from you know it's just kind of weird how it's kind of as a generation sometimes generations do the opposite of what their the parents, parents did yeah because so, i remember like in the in the 80s it was like man it's all about me i gotta make as much money as i can and, right and i think that's yeah. part of the influences they saw um you know our generation spending it all on material goods and and huh. maybe seeing that you know did it did it make us any happier so no who knows but uh oftentimes they do the opposite of their parents it made the car dealership happy yeah, not these days, though. Yeah. I, who knows what will happen yeah. with car dealerships and car ownership. So I think ownership of material possessions in general is going down, and it's more on experience, like you were saying. Hmm. So, um, But at the end of the day, I mean, in a local, you know, everything's local, so our local economy is still super vibrant. We're busier than ever this month. July, you know, we had a slower June. Things slowed down a little bit, but but July is, uh, you know, it's just just like last year. June was busy and July was slow. It's just maybe it's flip flopped a little bit, huh. and we're we're extremely busy right now. People are back in the home home buying mode uh, this month, so we're seeing a lot of scenarios where we're helping people out who have a home that that they want to put on the market, but they want to purchase first or their home is on the market and they're in contract and they can't close concurrently. Yeah. And a lot of people do not want to move twice. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's. And since you don't have a prepayment penalty on your loans, you know, it's just the extra interest that they have to pay that gets expensive. Exactly. So our bridge loan is, is really popular right now. We're, we're doing a lot. We have a lot in the pipeline right now of, of loans that are bridge loans. Many of them cross many of the scenarios where the homeowner just doesn't, uh, can't close concurrently. And, uh, as I understand it, too, one of the advantages that Pacific Private Money has is the fact that you can do these consumer owner-occupied loans, whereas a lot of lenders 
are not licensed in that area. Right. A lot of private lenders uh, don't have the licensing and don't want to go through the licensing and, and the resources to do consumer-owner occupied. Because it's disclosure-heavy. Uh, there's more rights for the borrower. Where business purpose or non-owner occupied, it's it's different set of it's regulations. Like the Wild West. Uh, not, not necessarily <laughs> the Wild West, but the, you know there is uh, more capital pouring into private money in general, but it is pouring more into the non-owner occupied in the fix, sort of and flip. Business, fix and flip type of, of lending. Is there still a lot of fix and flip out there? Because I know that uh, it got squeezed quite a bit. There is, and there's going to be more of it. Um, okay. You know, and, and I mentioned this in previous um, shows where the baby boomers. There's 60 million households where the homes haven't been improved in two decades. Oh, wow. So as those boomers downsize or move out or maybe expand the footprint of their home mm-hmm. um, because family members are staying, because the kids are moving out of the basement and into the first floor, <laughs> but they need more space, yeah. then then there's, um, go, there's going to be a, still a fair amount of fix and flip for those 60 million homes that uh, need updating. Um, and for us, we'll see a percentage of that, but we'll also, you know, something we talk about on the show as well previously, we'll start seeing more of the construction yeah, lending like the, taking place. Yeah, because of the fires, like, right. specifically because of them. Um, and the thing is, yeah, a lot, a lot of those people, you know, for no fault of their own, per se, um, you know, have a lower FICO score um, than another person, and, and you they're not going to be able to get a loan. So even though they have insurance proceeds, a lot of people uh, are underinsured. Right. They're underinsured, and maybe their FICO isn't uh, where it needs to be to get a yeah. bank financing. So we'll see that. Um, and But that's going to take time. And we'll, we can end the seg- next segment on a little bit more uh, information on the construction going on in the North Bay. Okay. So we don't have uh, another trivia question. We already asked our three trivia questions. Um, So stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments. All right? Don't touch that dial. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. And we didn't have a trivia question, but Nam, you want to finish up with the North Bay stuff? Yeah. So, you know, from time to time, we talk about what's going on in the North Bay. And uh, we mentioned this before, but, uh, you know, a lot of the claims are still unsettled. So there's Mm. still a lot of housing or development or building that's going to take place, but these claims have to be settled first. And in a couple of shows, we'll have an appraiser uh, who from the North Bay, who's president of the uh, Appraisal Association for, I think, Northern California, who will touch on that. Um, It's always interesting to see what's going on up there, but at the last uh, count, it was something like 66 or 60% of the claims still hadn't been settled. Wow. Is it just the... uh Owners have not been able to come up with the evidence other than the house? I mean, I, I don't know. Good question. I'm not sure if it's on the owner's side or if it's on the insurance side or a little bit of both. But with such a large number, I, I have to imagine it's something to do with the insurance company's yeah. side of it. But, um, you know, so we'll see more, certainly more claims settling, hopefully sooner than later, because, you know, I have to imagine you would be up against the clock, too, the homeowners are for the rebuild. Because falls around the corner and oh, then winter yeah, the, time, the range, so yeah. if they don't settle by a certain time, um, you know the the 
construction is going to be delayed. Yeah, that's right. They're going to lose a whole season. Right, potentially. Yeah. So um, so that that's still working its way out. And then not to mention any of the, all of the commercial structures. And I don't know what the stats on that are in terms of mm. insurance claim settlement. So there's still a lot of um, housing stock that needs to be built on top of an already, you know, uh, low housing stock in, so in the you North guys, You guys, I, I would think, would be quite busy then. We'll start being more busy yeah. as the claims settle and, and as people start needing private capital to build, whether they're the actual homeowners who've hired a contracting crew or builders who are acquiring the lots. Okay. So we'll start seeing some of that. All right. And then we, um, off the air, we were talking about uh, Pacific Private Money has a, an additional website called Private Money Loans. Tell us about that. Yeah. So privatemoneyloans.com is a domain uh, that we own as well as the website. It's a marketplace for investors. So trustee investors, uh, if there are any listening, it's a great way to a great way to look at uh, trustee opportunities. So on one side we have the Pacific Private Money Fund, and then uh, those loans that we don't sell in the fund or don't lend on and don't make it in the fund um, may be put on privatemoneyloans.com. So they're great loans as well, um, but uh, they're opportunities for trustee investors to invest on a single property or have fractional ownership in a property or multiple properties. So go to privatemoneyloans.com if you're a trustee investor to um, to register. It's free. And uh, we'll be putting more and more inventory on there in the coming uh, weeks and months. It's a great place to uh, invest alongside investing in the fund. Okay. And people can always, uh, I know you said about doing uh, presentations around the Bay Area, uh, but your office is in Novato. So right. people can just call you and make an appointment. Yeah, make an appointment. Come in. We've had uh, you know just a couple people this week who who have listened to us on the radio and made appointments to come in. So happy to do that. Or you know even happy if you're in the South Bay. Understand. Um, you know we're happy to talk to you over the phone. But a lot of times people want to to meet us face to face. I'm happy to to meet people out in the market. Well, you have such too. a pretty face. No wonder they <laughs> want to come meet you. Right. <laughs> All right. Any last comments before we cut to our thoughts for the day? No, sir. No, sir. Okay. So here's our thoughts for the day. Heaven on earth is a choice you must make, not a place you must find. I guess it's sort of like you kind of make your own heaven on earth, right? Yeah. And inner peace begins the moment you choose not to allow another person or event to control your emotions. What's outer peace? That's a good point. That's a good point. It's just it's just the inner piece that we know about. <laughs> All right. Um, so again, for people who are interested in um, investing in with Pacific Private Money uh, and earning right now about seven and a half percent, which by the way, um, there's liquidity in it. Is the people are they're not tied up? Are they? Right. So if you want to, well, there's a couple of requirements. There's a one year hold one year or lockup. Okay. Um, but uh, beyond the one year, if you want to redeem, give us a call. And uh, typically, it's a two to four week process. That's 415-883-2150. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader.
AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.